Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. From makeshift studios deep in the heart of stately Maine Manor, this is the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. Follow the show on Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod. You can email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. I went away for the weekend to a wedding in Tennessee, folks, as I talked about last time. And as I also mentioned last time, it was my first time flying in 25 years. My first flight had no issues going through security. We get on the plane and the seats across the aisle for me are just empty. So my wife is sitting. It's a smaller plane. It's it's two seats, the aisle and two seats. So my wife is sitting beside me on the side closest to the window. I'm on the aisle side. The two seats straight across from me are empty. About 90 seconds before we take off. This guy appears from the back of the plane and just sits down, and I don't know where he came from. It freaked me out. Our friend Michelle went with us, and she was in the aisle behind us, and she said it freaked her out, too. She didn't know where this guy had come from. But we finally get to Tennessee, and we rent a small SUV. Now, this is a Chevy Trax, I think it's what it was called, and it was brown. My wife nicknamed it Smoosh. So we drove Smoosh around all weekend. We get to the place that we rented and we can't get in the door. It's supposed to be a code in there. And we try the code and what the woman says and can't get in. So my wife tried several times. I tried several times. Michelle tried several times. Nothing. The woman we rented it from thinks it's user error and doesn't want to come out. She finally does and discovers that it's not user error. There's something wrong with the code thing on the door. So she gives us keys to the place. And it was a large house that they split up into five separate apartments. And we got the big apartment up front because there were going to be five of us staying there. Me, my wife, Michelle, and then my in-laws. And it had three steps leading up to this porch, but then another smaller step going up to the door. And my wife falls down on that step and hurts her knee first day there. And so that bothered her all day. In fact, she went to the doctor about it today. They think she has a torn meniscus. So the next day we go to the wedding venue to help set up and we get set up and all of that. And then my wife and my mother-in-law are going to this bridesmaids luncheon at this steakhouse. So my father-in-law and I and Michelle went and we're hunting a place to eat. And we go into this little plaza area that had several stores and find this little nice Italian place for lunch. And then my father-in-law needed a shirt for the wedding so he just wanted a white shirt so we go into one store or they go into one store there are no shirts to be found go into another store they had I think one shirt 
and I don't even know if it was in his size, but it was like $80. So finally go into another store and he gets a shirt. It turns out that shirt didn't fit him, even though it said that it did. So he had to go with my mother-in-law later to find a, a shirt. And we go back and we're steaming. My father-in-law, um, they had brought a steamer. So we were steaming our clothes and we're going through it. And the steamer had enough where you could steam about two and a half items of clothing. So we've got the shirts there and the pants and he's holding them up and I'm steaming them. And then I would hold them up for a while and he would steam them back and forth and stuff. And we're getting close to the end where I think that the steamer is out of steam. So I just hold it up to my arm to see if it was out of steam and it was not. And I burned my arm pretty uh, severely, but that's okay. It was all right. We went to the rehearsal dinner. They had the rehearsal. We go to the dinner and that's fun. And then my wife, all the bridesmaids were staying with the bride at this cabin place, but the night before the wedding. So I go back and I just unwind on the bed because I get to stretch out because I don't have to share the bed with my wife. So I love my wife. I love sleeping in the same bed as my wife, but there's sometimes I like to just stretch out, not be bothered with anybody else. And that was one of those times. So we get to the wedding day and they pick this beautiful place to have their wedding. It's outside. It's overlooking like a mountain range. It's just beautiful. And so Michelle and my mother-in-law had gone ahead. They were fixing lunch for all the bridesmaids and the bride and the wedding party. And my father-in-law and I come on later. We get there and they text us, are you there? And we say yes. And so they come out and everybody's kind of waiting. People are starting to arrive, waiting to go to their seats. And so we get started. We sit down. Other people start sitting down and they had a sign that said, please know, like, enjoy the day, enjoy the view, enjoy the ceremony, no videoing, no taking pictures with your camera because they were having this professionally shot, which I understand. They're paying a lot of money and it, sometimes you can have interference with people trying to get up and all that. So you know, we, we're all putting our phones away and all of that. But I think we were the only ones that did because to everybody else, the sign was just a suggestion. I mean, family members and friends and associates and people that work there, maybe I don't Everybody was just bringing out camera after camera and videoing this and taking pictures. And so I just, I just had to shake my head at that, but we get through the rest of the day. Wedding was wonderful. The reception was wonderful. They had a nacho bar and a taco bar for the wedding reception. And man, that was some good eating. And then the next day, that day, the wedding day was my father-in-law's birthday. So we celebrated the next day and we were in Greenville, Tennessee, which was um, the later home place of Andrew Johnson, the president after Lincoln. So we went to the Andrew Johnson Museum and then we went to this place. I believe it was called the Pioneer's Daughter. It was a food place. 19 bucks and some change per person. 
You pick two meats for the table and they send you so many sides, as many as you can eat and bread and all that. It was just overwhelming. It was so good. Uh, So we were just stuffed from that. Well, the next day is Monday and that's when we fly back home. So we get our flight information, say goodbye to my in-laws, drive smoosh back to the Tri-Cities Airport there in Tennessee and we get our tickets and we're going and they say to get out I'm going through the security, the TSA and to get out toiletries so I'm having to hunt and what I do with my toiletries and so I know I had dirty clothes in my suitcase mostly And then I realized, oh, wait, I put my toiletries in my backpack that I was carrying. So I take the toiletries out and I'm getting ready to go. And you hand your ticket and your license to this woman. And she's putting my license in and she's looking up and she's frowning. Then she puts my ticket in again. Then she puts my license in again and does this like three times. And then she looks at me and I thought, oh, my God, I'm in trouble. I don't know what I did with that and all I can do is think is think back to when I went to Canada and they put me in an interrogation room because I wanted to go to Canada for a burger which is episode 5 or 6 of this podcast go back and listen to it it's called going to Canada for a burger be back later and I said I must have gotten on some list but wait if I'm on some list how come And so I thought, no, that's not right. They wouldn't have let me fly down here. I'd still be back in Maine. And she looks at me and she says, whoever ordered your ticket put the wrong name on it. And I looked at my ticket. And instead of Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H, it was Joseph. J-O-S-P-E-H. And so I'm doing that. And then I said, thank you. And so she lets me go. I put my license back in my wallet and I go on and I'm getting everything there. And the guy says, do you have any toiletries? So I take the toiletries out and I'm stacking everything else. And he says, do you have any large electronics? So I'm thinking like a laptop. And I said, no, sir, I don't. So I'm putting all these things in there. I take off my belt, my shoes, and I put those in the little cart things, the little trays that they have. And then I go, and he says, go ahead. And so I go into the little scanner, and the woman tells me, I've got to get back. She's like, sir, you got to wait until I call you. I'm like, okay, no problem. Misunderstood. And so I go back, and then a guy comes forward, and he says, now you can go ahead. So I go ahead, and I put my arms up over my head and they scan me with the little thing and I go through and then another guy's like sir do you have an iPad in here I'm like yes he goes that's got to go through separate okay I'm so sorry I didn't hear that because I was dealing with my name being incorrect and so he said it's okay so he takes that out and he takes some just travel snacks that I had like some nuts and some beef jerky out and they've all got to go through so now I've got like 10 of those little basket those little carts coming through and I'm getting it piecemeal. I'm getting it like one piece at a time. And I'm trying to put everything back. 
And it was just an ordeal going through there. And even I was feeling sorry for Jospe at the end of that, even though I was Jospe, and that's not even my name. Finally got back about 1130 Monday night, and it was a trip for the ages. I will say that for it. Today, we are looking at the Saturday night's main event from April 1991. Saturday night's main event number 29 was shown on NBC on April the 27th, 1991. It was recorded April 15th, 1991 from the the Omaha Civic Auditorium in Omaha, Nebraska. There were 9,400 in attendance and the show drew a 7.7 rating on NBC. This is the last episode of the original NBC run. Vince McMahon and Randy Savage welcome us to Saturday night's main event and run down that night's card. Savage is still a bit heelish here. Not quite a babyface on commentary yet. We go to our opening credits. Randy Savage interviews Sergeant Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, and General Adnan. Slaughter talks about beating the Ultimate Warrior at the Royal Rumble, and how Hulk Hogan may have won the battle at WrestleMania 7, but Slaughter plans to win the war, as they show a clip of Slaughter throwing fire at Hogan after their match. At WrestleMania. Mean Gene Oakland talks to the Ultimate Warrior. They talk about the Undertaker attacking Warrior and locking him in a casket. Warrior says neither Sergeant Slaughter nor the Undertaker has sealed his fate. He says tonight he brings the ultimate battle. Sergeant Slaughter with Colonel Mustafa and General Adnan versus the Ultimate Warrior. Warrior comes to the ring full throttle. Savage still doesn't like Warrior. Warrior hits two clotheslines on Slaughter. A shot from Warrior knocks Slaughter to the outside and Warrior follows him. Back in, Slaughter backs off before hitting Warrior with a cheap shot. Slaughter throws Warrior outside. Mustafa attacks Warrior while Slaughter distracts the referee. Slaughter comes outside and runs Warrior into the post. He then kicks Warrior several times before throwing him back in. Slaughter concentrating on Warrior's lower back. He then hits a backbreaker on Warrior and then a bear hug. Warrior comes back and slams Slaughter. He then sells the pain to his back. Slaughter goes back to the bear hug. They focus on this as you can now see the aisle and something is being rolled down to ringside. They then show it as Paul Barrett pushing down a casket. Warrior concentrates on the casket and gets hit from behind. Back in, Slaughter concentrates on the back as Warrior tries to get back up. He does finally get back up and hits several clotheslines. He hits the shoulder block as Paul Bearer opens the casket and the Undertaker is in there. Warrior goes to slam Slaughter but sees Undertaker. Slaughter attacks Warrior from behind. Mustafa, Adnan, and Undertaker come into the ring and attack the Warrior and the bell rings. Slaughter is disqualified. Hulk Hogan comes out to make the save. He hits Undertaker with the WWF title but it has no effect. You see the doubt in Hogan's eyes when he does this. Slaughter then attacks Hogan who chases Slaughter outside. Undertaker goes to drop an elbow on Warrior, but Warrior moves. Hogan chases the others to the back while Warrior and Undertaker square off. Warrior finally knocks Undertaker over the top rope, but he lands on his feet. Some officials come out and separate the two. Mean Gene interviews Jimmy Hart and the Nasty Boys. They say they are nasty, but not disgusting like the Bushwhackers. Roddy Piper interviews the Bushwhackers. 
they say they can get nasty, then they proceed to lick Piper. WWF Tag Team Championship Match The Nasty Boys Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags with Jimmy Hart versus the Bushwhackers Luke and Butch. Luke and Knobs start, back and forth. Knobs with some hard shots. Luke reverses a clothesline and hits the shot. All four in. The Bushwhackers hit a double clothesline. They clear the ring. Sags jumps Butch. Butch reverses a clothesline and hits a knee to Sags. Then a knee to the face and Luke is tagged in. He hits a clothesline and gets a two count. They hit the battering ram to both nasty boys, but knock them outside. Sags shoots Luke with a clothesline and Knobs hits him with a boot to the back of the head. Some subtle cheating. Knobs drops several elbows to Luke. He gets a two count. William sells a hard corner clothesline. Sags drops an elbow on Luke. Butch saves Luke from being pinned. Knobs and Butch both tagged in. Sags saves Knobs from being pinned. Luke clips Knobs and Butch pins him as there is some miscommunication as there should have been a three count, but Sags was late breaking it up. What are you going to do? Knobs then pins Butch with an assist from Sags. This is just a terrible match. Mean Gene interviews The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. They say the Warrior will be their biggest prize and The Undertaker will not rest until the Warrior rests in peace. 20-Man Battle Royal Mr. Perfect Greg Valentine, Paul Roma, Marty Jannetty, The British Bulldog, Tanaka, Jimmy Snuka, Jake Roberts, The Warlord, The Texas Tornado, Jim Duggan, Earthquake, Kato, Hulk Hogan, Tugboat, Hercules, The Big Boss Man, Haku, Shawn Michaels, and The Barbarian are your participants. Mean Gene interviews Earthquake and Jimmy Hart. They flash back to Earthquake squashing Damien. Earthquake says he hates snakes and will squash Jake Roberts and finish Hulk Hogan. Randy Savage interviews Jake Roberts four months before their big feud. Roberts says no one knows what he has lost. He is so intense. He says he has Damien's brother Lucifer, the devil himself. Roberts gets a good reception coming out. Mean Gene interviews Hulk Hogan. He says the Hulkamaniacs know that they are in battle mode. He says he has no friends in the battle royal, but he is focused on getting through it and on to Sergeant Slaughter. He knows he is going to be gunned for. Savage pits Earthquake to win. Hogan gets a huge ovation as he comes out. He goes right after Earthquake. Forearms flying as Perfect hangs out on the apron. Roberts and Hogan double-team Earthquake. Jannetty and Roma eliminate each other. Hogan chokes Earthquake with some tape. Perfect fighting being eliminated by Hogan and Bulldog. Perfect bouncing around and selling for Valentine and Hogan. Warlord eliminates Bulldog. Tanaka thrown out. Snooka eliminated. Roberts eliminated by Earthquake. Roberts then brings out Lucifer. Everyone backs up. Roberts then leaves. Tugboat hits Hogan from behind. They get into a shoving match. Then they start going at it. Warlord attacks Hogan, who throws him over. Barbarian eliminates Texas Tornado. Earthquake eliminates Duggan. Hogan then tosses out Earthquake. Hogan tosses out Kato and Tugboat comes from behind and eliminates Hogan. Shawn Michaels then eliminates Tugboat and it looks like Hercules eliminates himself. Perfect dropkicks Bossman for Barbarian to toss out. Perfect holds Michaels for Haku to hit, but Michaels ducks and Haku hits Perfect and Michaels dropkicks Haku out. Michaels trying to eliminate Perfect who hangs on. Michaels gets propelled out and a Perfect elbow knocks him off the apron. Valentine hitting both Barbarian and Perfect. Double team on Valentine. 
Valentine ducks a perfect drop kick and perfect hits Barbarian who is holding Valentine and Barbarian is gone. Perfect chops Valentine. Valentine chops back. Perfect selling hard. Valentine atomic drop and elbow on Perfect. Perfect goes over the top but rolls back in. Then they both tumble over but Perfect holds on. Mr. Perfect is the winner. Bret Hart versus Ted DiBiase with Sensational Sherry. Roddy Piper joins commentary. Mean Gene interviews DiBiase and Sherry. DiBiase says Bret has a lot of heart, but money will get you there quicker. DiBiase and Hart lock up. Hart with the early advantage. He clotheslines DiBiase to the outside. He then launches himself out after DiBiase. Back in, Hart gets a side headlock. Sherry then trips Hart. Hart goes after her, allowing DiBiase to go for a high knee. But Hart ducks and DiBiase hits Sherry. Hart gets a two count. DiBiase then hits a stun gun. A DiBiase pile driver gets a two count. It goes outside. Sherry hits Hart. She then chokes him with her jacket. She then punches Hart in the throat. Hart then does his patented body charge into the corner. DiBiase then goes for the sleeper, but Hart runs him into the corner. Hart lands a punch on DiBiase's stomach. Hart then knocks DiBiase down, and DiBiase begs off. A Hart back elbow gets a two count. Side rushing leg sweep gets another two count. Hart then hits a backbreaker and a second rope elbow for another two count. Sherry trips Brett again, who goes after her. DiBiase jumps in from behind. Roddy Piper leaves the booth to help. The crowd erupts when Piper comes out. Piper surprises Sherry. He gets a broom and chases Sherry with it. She runs to the back. DiBiase goes after them and Hart follows. They fight down the aisle and both get counted out. Tito Santana versus the Mountie with Jimmy Hart. Santana starts out hot with a hard right and an atomic drop and two drop kicks. Mountie rolls out to regroup. Santana goes after him and they slug it out. Santana brings Mountie in. Santana tries a monkey flip but gets pushed off. Mountie runs Santana into a turnbuckle. Santana gets his knees up on a Mountie splash. Santana hits the flying forearm. Hart climbs in the ring and Santana hits him with a flying forearm too. Mountie then gets the cattle prod and nails Santana in the neck with it, including that fake zapping overdub that they do. Mountie then gets the pin. Mean Gene interviews Sergeant Slaughter, Colonel Mustafa, and General Adnan. Slaughter says that Hulk Hogan interfered and that Hogan will get another fireball, and when he does, Slaughter is going to dig his fingers into Hogan's burned flesh. He says Hogan may have won the battle, but he is going to win the war. Roddy Piper interviews Hulk Hogan. Hogan says while Slaughter started the war, Hogan will take it to the end. He says all Slaughter has done is add fuel to the fire. Vince and Randy then recap the night before signing off from Omaha. So final thoughts. This was a perfectly fine 1991 filler show, but worth giving it a look. Um, the Battle Royal is pretty good. The Brett DiBiase match is good, not as good as their encounter at Survivor Series 1990. The Warrior Slaughter match is what it is. It's really notable for the Undertaker Hogan meeting up for the first time in front of cameras and Hogan hitting Undertaker with the belt and then acting surprised when he no sells it. So, end of an era, the first run on NBC ends here. Um, quite a run, not as good as some of the great 
episodes that they've done, but worth checking out at least once. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheJoeyHarris. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey saying so long from Stately Maine Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media.